The QPR podcast is sponsored by Grant Harrod Lerman Davis, accountants and tax advisors for individuals and businesses. The Harrod in that title is Jeremy, who's a partner, a mad QPR fan who goes to both home and away games. If you want expert advice and a free consultation, phone Jeremy on 01895 633 033 or go to ghld.uk.com. QPR, QPR. Good evening and welcome to another edition of the QPR podcast. It still remains nameless, but we think we're called Open All Ours. I don't know. Fraser will be able to tell you. I'm joined tonight by um, two QPR fans and an ex-QPR player. First of all, um, Chris Mendes, ITV Sport, all round good egg. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm not bad, not bad. How's life treating you? Yeah, really? not too bad. Been working on rugby a lot, so I haven't been able to go to QPR for every game, so looking forward to that being over. I, I yeah. like rugby until I don't lose, and I completely lose interest, and every time I watch them, they lose, so <laughs> I'm a jinx. Uh, Chris Charles. Hello. Have, you've been a while. You've been off enjoying yourself in life. Uh, I haven't really. Um, I just had, I had to work last time out. I think that's why I missed the podcast, so like Chris, nothing uh, exciting. Paying the mortgage. Indeed, I am, yes. Good um, one. And uh, my name is Chris, but uh, please don't boo me. That's all I ask. <laughs> please stop working in jokes. Yeah. Please just stop it. Um, and we have Bradley Allen, of course, from the famous family. See, we're trying to work out, is there another family that's got as many footballers as your fools have? That, that gene is pretty damn special, Bradley. And welcome to the podcast, by the way. My pleasure. It's good to be here and uh, looking forward to plenty of uh, QPR chat this evening. Yeah. You uh, certainly um, get that. We said Ferdinand, didn't we? But that, they they fell short in the end. So we think Alan is still on top. How many, how many did you get to in the end? But you lot six, I think it was six. Yes, it's yeah. not bad, is it? Pretty it's not bad at all. Most people struggle to get one footballer in a family, <laughs> right? You went Saturday. I did. Go on then. Well, I, it's the last time I was on here, we we just scored four and beaten Bolton four three, and yet. All everyone was talking about was the booing uh, that I, I didn't hear that time because I was in the school end. Well, I, I definitely heard it uh, on Saturday, unfortunately. And again, that seems to be the main topic of conversation, even though we won 3 0. Um, you, you can dress it up any way you like, but and I think we were saying before, if you if you pay your money, then you're entitled to have your say on how you think the club is run. But I think it sort of crossed the line. It was a bit uncomfortable on Saturday. It went. It was. It was almost like persecution. I think I went with my father-in-law, and who thoroughly enjoyed the game. And as I did, I think first half we were on top. We could have been a couple up, but just you know lack of finishing one of those things but I did think that we'd, we'd, we'd done enough and, and I felt quite comfortable we'd carry on in the, the second half and get the goals but yeah so he you know he, he left thoroughly entertained but he, he just couldn't understand the booing and I had to try and explain to him that it was our fans uh, asking the referee to send our own player off um, mm. uh, I tried to tell him about three or four times tried to explain it but I gave up in the end because he was he, he didn't understand it any more than I did really and I don't know it was almost like sort of Lord of the Flies mentality to me it was it was, it was uncomfortable and I just hope his wife and his kids weren't in the crowd because it wasn't very nice Bradley as a player it can't be good when you hear the boot because you hear everything at Rangers don't you I mean you can hear probably everything even for South Africa Road on that pitch so did you ever come across that in your time at Rangers? I can't remember. I can't remember really when you were playing, but possibly the last season that I, that uh, I was at the club, the ninety five ninety six season, which you know sadly was 
uh, a relegation season. I departed in the March, but that that got pretty hostile at times. Performances, mm. especially in some of the uh, the home fixtures, dropping points, uh, the, the the frustration of the supporters often, uh, you know, come out and you know individual players could, could sometimes be uh, be, be criticised, and and the problem that we had then was obviously the lack of experience within that within that team, and and that can. That can weigh you down. It can can sort of be a burden of responsibility on your shoulders, unless you have some senior figures within the dressing room that can cope with that. It, it, it can be pretty tough for for, for young players to deal with. Because Hitley was pretty much a blunt then, wasn't he? Because we, we, to be fair, we did sad him on crutches, which is a bit weird. He came on the pitch, remember that crutches? Like <laughs> this, this is not going to work. And um, yeah, that, that 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 I do remember that season. And we lost to Chelsea as well, which is that was a bit of a, a nightmare that, that they probably got crucified after. But then at the end of the season, when we got beat at Forest, we were singing everyone's name, and everyone was. I know you'd left by then, but it's just weird. I, I'm uncomfortable with it for two reasons. I don't believe you should boo your own players because you might as well just jump on the pitch and stick a ball in it for the other side, and also. It's gone beyond booing, it's venomous, I think, and I think that's, there's a real nasty edge to it. We were only saved by the fact that, for some reason, um, franchise fans decided to beat each other up. Um, can't get my head around that one at all. Um, we haven't done a podcast since the game against Sheffield Wednesday either, and there was, there was quite bad booing in that game as well, when um, Ramsey made a substitution. Yeah. And that, was, was, that made me feel a bit uncomfortable, and at the final whistle as well. I don't, I don't really understand what fans are expecting this season because you know Sheffield Wednesday are a decent side. Uh, they'll probably finish in the top half, and then you know MK Dons not so not so much. But we beat them. I think it kind of just shows where we'll be this season. We'll probably be around mid table. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what people are expecting. It's quite difficult. You know, there's quite a lot of changes in the summer, just because of the way that uh, the club. They always seem to have upheaval in the summer. It's not easy to get them gelling straight away. But also, is it? I don't. I suppose we. Our, our problem was we replaced players who didn't go. Do you know? And then and instead, and that's it. If you look at it on paper, we have got a hell of a squad for the championship. Probably one of the best squads you could possibly have. Maybe full back wise, we're a wee bit short. We've actually looked at most of that squad. It's, it's fairly decent in fairness, and we should at the same perhaps time. people expecting to be challenging first or second place when it's always going to be a problem. Because I don't think it's. I don't think it's, it's ability is our problem. I think there's still a toxic hangover from the mercenaries still floating around the place and I don't know how we're going to get rid of that or what we have to do but I feel for anyone that gets booed every time they do something slightly wrong the way that we're doing it it's just and to get your own players try and get your own players sent off I mean that's that's mad I think one of the main reason people were being on Tuesday was because um, we had one striker on the pitch and no strikers on the bench and Ramsey brought off our only striker for a midfielder and yeah. I, I've been out um I just could, I couldn't understand it before the game how we couldn't get a striker onto, onto yeah I mean onto I, the squad onto I agree, the bench. I agree with that. I mean I was at the game on Tuesday, and it did seem a bit of a weird one um, taking off Jet, putting on Fur. I mean I know people say Fur's ability. He scored a few good goals and he can play as you know he can play as a striker. But I mean we're not Barcelona, so playing with a false nine um, on a Tuesday night against Sheffield Wednesday seemed a bit weird. But at the same time. The performance Jet put in on Saturday and, a, and his work rate, the brilliant goal he scored, there's an argument for saying that if he hadn't been taken off when he was on Tuesday, that you know he, he might not have been as energised. And, and, and Ramsey came out after and said Jet had been carrying a knock. He didn't explain why Poulter wasn't on the bench, although Poulter had his own feelings to say about that on Twitter, which quickly that? quickly got removed, um, which was which was quite funny. And I, I, I don't really have a problem with that. I think it shows. I have a massive problem with that. Well, 
I, I think it's a heat at the moment thing. I think it's a player. I don't know what Bradley thinks, but it's a player. I won't say exactly, but the nature was he wasn't very pleased to be subbed, uh, to not even be on the bench, and, and made it quite plain on Twitter. But I think he's, it's like the red mist came down, and like about after about ten minutes, it got taken down. But I think at least he's showing he's not just here for the money. He actually wants to play for QPR in a perverse sort of way. I know it's not the right way. To yeah, yeah, I, I see him play earlier on in the season in the League Cup down at Yeovil, and uh, you know he, he is a player that you know probably needs the opportunity to play and if he's you know being uh, starved of minutes on the pitch and he's gonna from an individual point of view become increasingly frustrated and and obviously he's he's voiced his disapproval of not being involved is that the right way well you know probably not because you you want as best possible a, a harmonious camp you want the players to be getting on and you know uh, batting one another's calls and, and hoping that they can you know get some consistency to the to the results um, I think you know the, the 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 problems certainly go back to to like you say to to the summer the upheaval obviously yeah they did get some of the big hitters off the wage bill which has helped there are still some at the club on um, you know incredible wages really for a club of QPR's side and new players coming in that does take time mm. to to gel to to get an understanding I think that's two clean sheets in the last two games having been so poor in the in the Fulham game in the London derby Ugh. that's a I think that's a positive to take and that's something that's certainly got to be built on because if you've got any aspirations of being playoffs or even uh, challenging for promotion defensively in the championship you've, you've got to be you've got no, to be right. pretty sound I, I would I would always say the best way to answer being dropped or not being in the squad is to do what Emmanuel Thomas did come in and score an absolutely outstanding goal much better than using Twitter in my humble opinion but yeah, what do I know of course I, I, I agree with you but what I'm saying is uh, I, know it's, I know it's wrong but at, at least it's showing He's, he's, he's got a bit of well, have a bit more respect for your manager in the team yeah okay fair, no fair I'm enough I'm going to go okay just saying, you know, Paul. we're, we're going to keep it nice we're not going to be hostile tonight to each no. other you know no, we'll, do that, we'll do that afterwards I think everyone's Bruton Keynes fans yeah everyone's already booing us already right let's go um, and speak to oh, sorry, sorry, I was just going to say the last bit about Tuesday to mention was that Clint Hill's uh, Hong Kong Fui impersonation uh, yeah. how the hell he got away with that I do not know um, and I, I presume because the referee saw it there's no further action uh, I actually to be thought taken. Clint was a bit worried he lost his contact lens and was trying to help him well, find yeah. it Rob, Rob Green actually came out and defended him saying he, he's completely faultless for that so. ok well we'll hear what he has to say in a second yeah good link <laughs> we're going to speak to Rob Green Rob thank you so much for coming on the podcast really really appreciate it it's um, always good to have a player on and to get a player's perspective from the game on Saturday um, I've got to ask the worst question ever which is is the atmosphere as bad as everyone's saying it is and is it affecting the players you don't have to answer that but it's just this thought out there for this first question the atmosphere in the in the where, in regarding where sorry uh, um, at home games because people are talking about it all over Twitter and all of the message boards it's a wee bit toxic it's a wee bit the booing's a bit much it's getting the players um, oh sorry from the I think I'm from within the dressing room um, no um, <laughs> oh you can tell us about that as well <laughs>
I played in the game and I think I was one of four or five players in the starting 11 who actually was, were at the club last season and that shows the level of change that there's been um, from from top to bottom now that's happened year after year that I've I've been at the club and, and, it, and it seemed to be sort of part of the modern history of, of QPR which is you know it doesn't always it, it doesn't always lead to success it, 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 it brings um a level of uh, disruption and um, there isn't the continuity and the stability within the club that's needed for success now whether success leads to uh, stability or stability leads to success is, is something you can argue over but I think that I think that it's just that realisation that maybe this side is, is, is where it is and we, we, we still don't know what, where we can go this season it's, it, we're 12 games in something like that and uh, you know, we've, we've got a half, half half a new squad half a new side and it's and sometimes it it doesn't it doesn't click overnight and uh, I can understand the frustrations of fans and I can understand that you know, they, were, they were playing against we were playing against the likes of uh, you know your, your, your big clubs in the Premier League and uh, last season and, and competing and uh, you know having some great games there but at the same time you know we, we were walking off the pitch at, at half time and, it, and it's nil nil it, it's, it's kind of you can kind of if you it's not always going to be a walk in the park particularly at home when teams are coming and, and, and are happy to take a point from off this road so I think there's sort of an element of you know there's, you've got to get a balance of these things oh, Thank you great answer and and is uh and has, has Chris been okay? By, I mean, is, he, is it is it talked about in the dressing room at all? The atmosphere, or is it just something that you you leave on the pitch and and you know just just carry on as normal? You know, I think I think um, we, we we don't particularly address it. It's not something that uh, affects us as a group. Um, not uh, you know, I, I've been in uh, situations where it's been a lot worse, and there's a real apparent need to to address it. But at the moment, I mean, it's you know, it's minorities, and you know that um, it takes a lot more. It's a lot easier to make a noise booing than it is to cheering. I mean, you only need sort of one in ten people to sort of make a a real noise, and it, and, it, and you think that there's a majority of the noise coming from sorry, the noise is coming from the majority of the crowd when actually it's not, it's only it's a small minority and uh, I think the reaction towards that noise has been sort of one of support and, and that was the overriding one that we got on Saturday and I think, you know, the manager's been fine with it he, he, he knows his role he, he's been around in football long enough if he hasn't been a he's been a player for years he's been a coach for years he's, he's worked with first things before and in in um, you know in pressure situations so it's not like we, we, we're walking out on the pitch and knowing that, that you know a bit naively walking out going oh well if we don't even if we don't win, everybody's going to be happy. It's not. We know that there is a level of performance that's expected, and when that's that comes from ourselves as much as anybody else in the crowd or anywhere else. So, I think the, the internal pressure that that is put on the group by the professionalism and the the wanting and the willing to do well is 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 going to be greater or is equal to any any coming from any other direction. 
Um, Rob, you mentioned that only four or five of the team who started on Saturday were there last season and you were one of those. Um, did you have the opportunity to leave the club in the summer for West Ham or Chelsea? I know there were two clubs that were linked with you. Uh, not so, much, so as far as much as the, the club said they didn't want me to leave. Um, it's kind of, it, it, it doesn't, it, sometimes it, it's, it's one where you... you this 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 whole player power thing and 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 stuff like that it comes into power and in, into play with the you, you, you know, to come up with examples your Raheem Sterling's where a player might force a move or you know the Barinio who, who comes out and makes a, a rash remark on Twitter where and and that sort of thing comes about but it, 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 it doesn't happen everywhere all the time and you know you you may hear of inquiries you may hear of, of newspaper reports and things like that and I mean Lady Ferdinand pulled me and the the, uh, the owners said to me that, that, that they didn't want me to leave and, and that was the end of it I, I, you know the, the, I, I am a I've always said I am a, a QBR player and, and uh, wherever I've been I am I am until I'm told I'm not it's not like uh, it's not like I'm unhappy it's not like I'm you know wanting to get away it, it, it was a matter of, of the club wanting to keep me and, and that was my job that's that's where I'm employed and uh, you know I've, I've put my heart and soul into the club for the last three years and carry on doing the same and, until I'm told otherwise the thing is Rob joining Chelsea did you really want to have a relegation <laughs> battle no. well, it was uh, it was um, amazing when you know, you thought it was surprising when uh, well, I was surprised when Asmir it signed. You think, by me, he's, he's gone from playing every week in a good Premier League side in Stoke uh, to one where he, he probably won't get a game, and then ironically, he's, he's played pretty much every game this season. So I don't think anybody sort of, sort of could forecast that, or nor could they forecast the, uh, the, the 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 form that Chelsea have had really, and uh, it's been um, sort of um, one of the talking points so far, hasn't it? Well, I've enjoyed it. So I carry on. Rob, Neil Warnock joined the club um, not long ago on a part-time basis. Have, have you met him yet? And what kind of impact has he had so far? Yeah, he came in on um, Friday and Saturday for for the game on the on the weekend, and um, he came over and just had a, a chat with the lads and and as a, as a general and, and got to know a few of us individually. I mean, I've known him as a. As, as an enemy on the touchline rather than a, than a <laughs> colleague um, sort of over the last 15, 20 years. So it's been, uh, it's been sort of for the first time, it's, you know, you, you kind of build up an impression of someone over over X amount of years and you, you realise you've never actually spoken to them other than probably exchanging a few heated words down the tunnel or something like that. And it's, it's sort of, it's, it's refreshing to meet someone of, uh, you know, someone so well in a, ingrained in football and, and spent their life doing it and doing having the roles that he's had and the experiences that he's had. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what what what, um, when it, what the briefing is and, and what his, his role will bring. But, I mean, to, to have someone of that experience come on board it is great. And uh, his input... Over a very limited amount of time on on, on Friday and Saturday was was um, fantastic and uh, you know one that one that you'd like to think can only aid our aid our improvement and and, and help our help our sort of our quest for this season. 
Amen to that. Um, Rob, I was going to say, you've had two, two clean sheets in two games. I mean, uh, it's, it's, it's sort of uncharted territory for us this season. Um, and, and this isn't a slight on any of the other players, but has it been good to have Clint Hill back in front of you? You can answer this question. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, no, I think I think he's, he's coming back in. A, 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 you know, a, a, a great moment, and uh, he's, uh, he's he's obviously you know, year after year proven what he can do, and uh, he's, uh, he's he's a, I was speaking about him at the weekend, and uh, he, he's he's one of them guys that you know, as a goalkeeper, you you, you only have one voice, and sometimes you, you need two. Yeah, and uh, just uh, this is a, a much easier question to answer. Uh, your new chant, England, England's number six. Um, you seem to be quite enjoying that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, uh, the, the, I, I've never enjoyed the number one uh, shout. I, I think it's uh, a lot more, a lot more accurate, um, <laughs> and uh, one that one that I've, I've, I've had, you know, I, I, you know, the away fans give it to me in various various figures various numbers <laughs> that are thrown at me so amongst other things it's it, it, fine and uh, you know if you can't have a laugh at yourself then you can't have a laugh at anybody and you know you, you, you try and have a good relationship with the fans you, particularly the goalkeeper you, you spend a lot of the time standing around not doing a lot or seemingly <laughs> not doing a lot um, so you know it, 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 it kind of you're that bit closer to the fans and uh, a bit of humour in there kind of um, it, it, it might it might dilute some uh, sort of angrier people within the crowd anyway so uh, any, anything to aid the cause really Good uh, on you. Well, one question I've got for you, Rob. It's a bit of a strange one, but then I am strange, so don't be surprised by that. Did I did I hear right that your brother-in-law is a season ticket holder at Rangers? Uh, 
Yeah, he, he was. Um, he's, he's being married to my sister and uh, and and then subsequent kids and, and things like that have put pay to it. He's, he's, his grandparents lived on Loftus Road. Um, All right. And, and uh, yeah, the whole family's QPR fans. If, uh, I, I came to some games with him whilst I was playing for West Ham, so I knew I knew I knew the, the players quite well when I when I moved um, here. And uh, there was um, yeah, so he's he's uh, there's a vested interest. Um, my my nephew is now a full blown QPR member and, and fan, and uh, they came up to the Birmingham game, and they've uh, and they, they came to they came to the MK Don's game as well. So they can come whenever they can, really. And uh, yeah, so it's um, like most people, I think it's through more through uh, more, more thrown upon them by by choice as being a QPR fan. <laughs> ah, because there's there's nothing like it. it's the greatest team ever. <laughs> but I'm bound to say that it must be awkward though, like after a bad game, like you know when you see him for family dues and all that sort of thing. Or is he is he professional enough not to sulk? Uh, no, he's uh, he, he's like I said, he's he's I think how old is he now? Forty four. So he's he's. He's been a long-term sufferer of, of a QBR fan um, for, for a long time. So he's been there with the good times and the bad. He, he was there when I think lost to Cardiff in the playoff final in mm-hmm. in the old what was Division Two or Division Three, whatever it is, League One. Now he, he was he was watching then. So he's had worse times, no matter how bad it's been. Whenever I've been playing there, so it's uh, you know he, he, he kind of takes uh, a sense of perspective from it and. Uh, is one that enjoys the good times and uh, and but it's also when it when it when it's when it's not so great he, he knows that there's 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 been worse. Do you know that that's a that's a great way of ending this interview, Rob? And thank you for coming on because it's true. I mean, we've all said and done. We have had administration. We've had no players because we couldn't play them. We've had far worse times. And um, yeah, it's it's good to know that you actually know that as a player as well because things were pretty grim for a few years at QPR. We nearly lost our club. So um, well said in that one. And um, Friday, Brentford. Please, 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 please. <laughs> Just do your best. I know you'll do your best, but Brentford just ugh. yeah, yeah, no, yeah. We, it's uh, we as players, you understand. It's 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 a local local one, isn't it? It's about as local as you can get. It's uh, you know, I, I played in a in a East Anglian derby that was forty five miles apart, which it seems the, as a, as a derby's go, it, it seems a bit of a, a strange one. But um, you know, this is about as local as you can get, and. Uh, we're under no illusions that we're, we're, we'll be going into the, the lion's den there because, and because it's you know they'll be they're, they're the club who've, who've come up they did well last season we've come down from the Premier League it's not it doesn't take a genius to work out where where the motivations all lie for them um, but then you also it, it's you know don't need that long a memory to, to realise it in the low last but you, you didn't go according to plan against Fulham um, <laughs> and uh, it's, it's something that yeah we, we, we're fully aware of as, as players and uh, we've, we've now got you know a couple of decent results under a belt and, and, and they're looking forward and uh, it's another step and one that, one that we, we were wanting to put right well, fellas, nice one, mate. thank you so much, and um, best of luck on Friday. Just pretend it's Wembley and Samoa's up front, and we'll be grand. <laughs> okay, no problems, will do. Thanks very much. Cheers, Cheers pal. Take it easy, pal. Thanks, mate. Bye.
What a nice fella. And a very nice man. Just 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 blows it and, and and he understands the history of the club as well. Yeah. Now Bradley, you know Chris Ramsey quite well. Um just speak as you find, fella, basically. Um how did you find him at, at Tottenham? Yeah, worked with him for nearly four years at, at Spurs Academy. Um, he was, you know, a, a, an excellent person to to learn ideas from a coaching point of view. He has, has vast experience, you know, uh, across levels. He is a developer of players, mm. and 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 that's something that I think. Um, just possibly some of the supporters maybe don't have a clear understanding of concepts of the direction that um, that maybe and the decisions that the club undertook in the summer and, and Les Ferdinand and Chris worked very closely together at Spurs you know with the under 21 team and um, and helping move along and sending players out on loan and allowing them to get first team experience and I think what he what he knows is that he he's under pressure he, yeah. he, he he's openly admitted that he he knows the expectations of the supporters but but i just hope that um you know it, it's not uh, a, a common theme now within any level of football there's a little bit of time and patience shown because i do believe if if they can improve that side of things from the academy you know it's been it's been too long far too long 10 15 20 years since homegrown players players that have an affinity know what it means to play for queens park rangers again that will not that will not take overnight you know i first started coaching when i finished at spurs 2004 you've got players in the first team now that's some 11 years later that's yeah. how long it takes player yeah. development it doesn't happen within a year or two now the the, the QPR supporters um, I, th- I think they would love to see some of their own you yeah. know coming through some local boys who know what it means to play at Loftus Road in front of such fabulous support and, and I think eventually that's where you know Chris wants to, and Les wants to get the club you know, uh, back back to that sort of environment with with three or four that are going to become the heartbeat of the side. But I think initially, it, it, it's certainly going to be a season of of, of con- consolidation, like we've already said. And uh, and I think he knows that. Um, but it's it's just whether you know the the club are going to have the patience in him. And that's the thing; they, they do seem to have um, certainly last week hit the panic button. Um, whatever happened, it's like we've now changed. Or a or, 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 or direction, as it were, and the direction now is going to be promotion. Well, that wasn't Chris's remit at the start of the season. The remit was to consolidate, mid-table, build, and develop. Yeah, you know, I I, I was asked this question. Um, you know, only behind the scenes, those mm. people will know. Uh, is Les Ferdinand going to be happy with Neil Rornock's appointment role? I, I can't answer that question. You know, I, I I thought with Les going in there, this director of football capacity, he was the one that was calling the football decisions. Mm. Now is that area going to be a little bit clouded with with Neil Warnock's arrival? How much influence? How much input does Neil want to manage again, or does he want to be at this at this lofty perch? And and he's actually going to be uh, making making crucial decisions. I think only only time will tell with that. But but let's hope with these two results a big derby on Friday I think that's a really important game massive Chris will know that Les will know that hopefully the players can come through and and they can start to have a good run between now and Christmas yeah but you're speaking about Neil Warnock I mean what do you I mean I don't know how well if at all you know him um, but I mean essentially as I can understand what we've been told is he's essentially a sort of part time number two 
um, what I can gather. I mean, do you, do, you, do you think it's a good move by the club or not? Well, well I said before, when he, when he was appointed, the state of the club, the position that the club founded in itself at that particular time, Neil Warnock was absolutely the perfect fit for QPR. No nonsense. He, he didn't care about the powers that be at the time. Mm. He dealt with them. He had the personality. He had the bravado to deal with them. He made crucial decisions. He obviously had, along the spine of the team, the dogs of war, your Clint Hills, your Sean Derrys of this world, and it served its purpose in that championship winning yeah, season. True. Absolutely perfect. He got the very best out of Adel Tarapt. He man-managed him brilliantly. And, you know, Neil, Neil knows what he's doing at this level. Perhaps the challenge of the Premier League where... Uh, tactical acumen needs to be a little bit greater and rather than the the blood and thunder approach that he had in that Mm. championship season um, and dealing with uh, even bigger players with bigger egos on bigger salaries perhaps that was a little bit new to Neil even though he's had years and years of experience now he's back in his comfort zone as such because he knows what it's all about in the championship Uh he knows what it it requires over the duration of the season so I think if if there can be a marriage of convenience if there is such a thing with him Chris and Les then it can work that relationship but we, 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 we shall see how that transpires it's got to have structure more than anything surely I mean I've, I, I do feel for I mean I've, I've said this for weeks but for, for Chris I think um, decision wise yeah he's made some rickets and let's not be around the boost there's, there's been a few things he's done that have, of like playing with no striker at home kind of people scratching their head but the venomous abuse that he's got is I personally think is wrong and I think it should stop I think we should give him and Neil and Les a chance to settle down let the dust settle and then see where we are around Christmas time in January and, and if we can if we don't go up it's not the end of the world because it gives us a chance then to go up stronger the next season it's not always about promotion and relegation maybe that's the thing we're a breed of QPR fans, Chris. Let's be fair. We're, we're, we're old friggers. Let's be honest. We, we've been around the block a few times. We were just happy to win a game. I remember going to Highbury and being pleasantly surprised when yourself scored, young Kevin scored, and Andy Impey scored. Oh, what a lovely day that was. Yeah. And um, you know, we all went home very, very happy because that's, and Rangers were keeping up. But it wasn't an expensive side, and it certainly wasn't a well paid side. But you give a shade. Yeah, but those. Those heady days that you know, Jerry Francis built a team over a period of time. Yeah, that's true. He, he recruited players. He identified players to certain positions, bolstered the squad. There was young players. Uh, we improved. We gained experience. Obviously, we had the focal point of Les in attack, but but something was constructed over a period of time, and I think that's really what what QPR have got to be brave. They've got to have the conviction to follow that through. Now, no, in in some supporters' eyes. They're not prepared for that patience. They just want in an immediate return, but it's not straightforward. I think as worst case scenario, as long as they remain a championship club, then I think they will be better for it next season. I yeah. think they'll be more competitive. Um, if there is a position and they improve and they get close, because it's not a great league. It's very much of a muchness yeah. from yeah. top to bottom. And if you can if you can consistently find results, then, then they could still get into the playoffs. I'm not so sure about... Uh, automatic I think you know if, if they were to lose Charlie Austin in in, uh, in January you know they had one proven striker at that level that, that that's that's an area I think that they need to address yeah. more goals in the side agreed but then again saying that your brother scored an FA Cup semi-final goal as well I mean you know who would have thought the QPR well you know for a start as well and them days would have achieved such great maybe that's the thing about football teams like QPR 
and dare I say, I don't, don't like them, Norwich could challenge the big boys now and again and could actually get into Europe, could actually. Whereas football, these. When I watched that Manchester derby yesterday, it was horrible. You know, football's changed, it's not the same. It was, there was no tackles flying in, you know, and it's almost become too corporate. I just wonder if, if, if Rangers are trying to get in with an elite system when we do go up too fast, too soon, rather than build. Except that we are a smaller club in, in, in London and just try and, and, and do what Fulham did for a few years, which is just hang in the Premier League, but just do it slightly better and start proving homegrown players, go back to how we used to be. It may be the way forward. It might not work in the modern game badly, I don't know, but we can't keep spending hideous amounts but, of money in players. But they, they are, there have been clubs that, that have put, put sort of uh, good models of structure in place, like your Swansea's, like your Stoked, that, that, Swansea, have, yes. that, have, that have progressed, that have had a, a style, a philosophy of football, and they've, and they've gone with that. Yeah. They've, they've, had, they've had managers that have, have, have stuck with that. They've recruited, they've been supported. They haven't really you know, de- deterred and come, up, come away from that. They've built new training grounds, so they've had a facility yeah. there as well. You know, that, that's that's going to be a key issue, I think. You know, forget about a new stadium. QPR you know, don't, don't even need to even you know, entertain that at the moment. What they need to do is have a good training base. You know, I believe that the plans are close to going through for the for so the I new believe. site out at Osterley. Get away from Harlington and and and, and start to, to 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 move on from there. You know, but again, that's going to take quite a long time to to bear the fruits of it. I agree that you know if we don't go up this season, then we'll be much stronger next year. And you know, say if we do kind of um, get sixth place and somehow win the playoffs, then I think if we waited another year and went up automatically or went up then we'd probably be in a better position if the club stick by their principles and you know and decide and unless they just you know throw a load of money at it again and we're just back to square one but. can't keep throwing money in players at it it don't work what we've got to do is throw ideas at it and ambition at it but a difference and you're right the training ground is so important because Hollington may have a place to play but not for a, a, a top championship a premiership club that's for Bleak and sure. it's, it's not good enough and it would be great to have our own place again as well where you can bring the kids down and they can see it and, and develop something in, you're looking at a bit of paper there Chris sorry uh, no I was just going to I was, I was just um, looking at something I've written down I was going to quickly ask Bradley about London Derby because we've got um, obviously got a big one coming up on Friday are they not technically I mean, Middlesex? Yeah, it's true. Just saying, but I mean, I mean, you wouldn't have played against Brentford, I think. You did play played once pre season friendly. Oh, okay. Over at okay. Griffin Park. Okay. Um, that would have been very early nineties. Yeah, I think okay. they probably would have been a, a League One team at that at that yeah. particular time at that level. But our London derby record, um, I, that, that's what I was looking at. I mean, I've been, I'm not going to go through it all because it's but but basically. We haven't won a London derby in 14. The last London derby we won was against Watford 2-1, 21st of April 2014. We've had 13 since then and either lost or drawn the lot. So, I mean, in terms of... Uh, th- th- there's clearly... Um, I don't know. Is there? Is, is there? Is there? Is a that mi- right? Yeah. Is there? A, is there? Is there? Unless soccer base, there are other sites. No, no, no. I'm wrong, just, I'm just staggered by that. Yeah. Well, I'll read you the full list if you want. No, uh, don't. It's just staggering. Well, okay. yeah, no, yeah. We haven't really got anyone at, at the, in the team from. Um, around the area, I but mean, does that help? Is that do you think, Bradley? I think I think that's crucial. Mm. I think I think that's really important. And you talk about the the, the, the training facility. I think that will help recruitment as well. Boys yeah. from the local area who, who who you know join the club and, and, and you know what it means those those uh, derby influences and and in the importance of those games and you know they're 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 sort of 
you know, there's a, there's a knowledge there of, of who they're playing and they're representing their supporters and the fans want the bragging rights. They want to win those particular games, the importance of them. And, and, and sadly, that is lost with the modern player, the younger player. It's, it's a real pity. Do you know what? We were talking about this earlier on in the, in, in the pub uh, while we were slipping our orange juices before we come and do the podcast. You said something very interesting about um, dear old Macca when he passed away and when you went to Belfast. Pretty much that whole squad was a... There was a real unity. I mean, even even in this model, you could see those boys just bond that they talk. That they, 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 they were a band of brothers. I can't really see the squads from the last three or four years meeting up one day and having a chinwag. They, they're all going to go different ways. And it, is that the way football is now? Do you think? No, no, oh. you, you you don't get that loyalty anymore. Uh, but but we certainly had that. Mm. You know, in those in those purple seasons, the uh, the squad, the group. I won't lie, we didn't all get on. They, we yeah. often clashed. We we kicked the hell out of each other on a daily basis on the training pitch, but we knew from the dress room and certainly going out in the home fixtures at, at Loftus Road, we knew what we were representing. We knew what was expected of us, and and we we were pretty consistent in 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 the standard that that, that we hit most weeks. You know, we disappointed at times. You know, we had some poor performances. But it wasn't for the lack of trying, and uh, and I think you know where where you've had for period now at the club this chop and change nature, and some some players who you know haven't known really about the history of QPR that have come in on these wages that hasn't helped, and and that's yeah. that's partly been the downfall and the uh, the, the the spiral of of, of of disappointment, and and that for the, my generation of QPR supporters. It must hurt them enormously. It must really, it must really does, especially when, you know, they've they've had the back in there. The money has been in the club, and they just haven't quite, you know, had the right concepts and uh, and principles in place. That's a brilliant point. And what, what was that? He's doing some kind of weird disco dance. Um, what, 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 that's, sorry, Chris. Thanks for that, Chris. It was brilliant. Bonnie M will be in touch. Um, what I was going to say is, um, what's your standout memory from? Rangers, the one game that you remember that you will take with you to, or you know, or you talk about, or even think about still. Well, I, th- I think you know it, it will be easy to remember three goals at, at Goodison against Everton. Jesus, that was her. Um, yeah, sorry. You know that 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 from an individual point of view, but I th- but I think finishing fifth place mm. as, as we did, you know, the the season, the results that we had, the team was brimming with confidence, and and unfortunately because of the hooligan ban there, you know, we we would have actually played European football if 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 that would have been allowed because uh, British clubs were, were were banned at that particular time, and you know. If you'd have achieved that now, you know that would have been Europa League football for for, for QPR. You know they haven't had that for what going going back to to the mid seventies. You know, and uh, that that would have been a remarkable achievement. And, and and I know the Premier League was slightly different then because of the the types of teams that that were then in it. Your Norwiches, mm. your Oldhams, your Barnsleys. It, it, it was it was a, a, a different a different type of, of Premier League to to what it is now, where it's a, a wash with money, but. You know that that, that that was special times, and, and and perhaps the supporters then perhaps took things for granted and didn't really fully appreciate uh, that 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 spell at that time at the club. Well, I always thought we're the best. That was the best QPR side I've ever seen. That never won anything, in my opinion. I wasn't here in '76. I was back in Northern Ireland. But I mean, that side was an amazing. How we never won anything, I don't know. Yeah, I know. I know you speak often with with, with Kevin Gallon, and he would have played in the 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 quarter-final FA Cup game up at Old Trafford and I think yeah. I think the thing is that, you know if, if you ask 
the group of players then maybe a, a, an even better cut run I think we were good enough on one-off games to have progressed and maybe even got to a League Cup, FA Cup final at that time. I think, I think we had the capability to do that, certainly with you know, Les up, up top and, and, and scoring the goals. It always just seemed to miss us, didn't it? Sorry, Chris. No, I was just going to say, and um, just before we go, I mean... We're not going y- yet, Chris. Yeah. We've got to the hours end first. Yes, I know that. Yeah, I'm trying to rush the show. I was just... <laughs> just you got something to do or something? No. <laughs> Sorry, carry on. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've got to get some washing on when I get home. Um, no, <laughs> I'm not surprised. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. I was just going to say, you said, you know, you weren't all mates and you had fights on the training ground or you could put, give your all in the, to the training pitch, whatever. But, but generally, was it quite fun playing for QPR back then? Yeah, we, we, we had a great team spirit. Um, you know, the the varied personality uh, across the playing staff, you know, that that helped and, and it enabled us to, to, to come together. And, and I think that was certainly a, a, a strength of Jerry Francis at the time. He, he, was, he was very well organised. He was respected. He'd played for the club himself in, in, in the glory years, early 70s, and had fine success that he often reminded of us of, yeah. of course you know Jerry's way but uh, you know he, he, he was tremendous at um, you know the, uh, the, the the discipline and the, the camaraderie the pre-season trips that we would had and, and that that all boded for the uh, for the for, for the team ethic that uh, that was produced oh, Mickey misty eyed <laughs> <laughs> but apart from terrible Tuesday obviously Terrible Tuesday, yeah. I'm, I'm not so sure if you could get away with that sort of training now, but it, it, was it again, it, it, it served its purpose. It, you know, it had a probably a more of a, a, a psychological element than a, than a physical element. Because you're you going to say psychopathic, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're a little bit of that, <laughs> but you know, there were there were some smart players. They they knew how to get themselves through that. You know, bless him, Maka, he was he, he he was genius, and he would often uh, masterly get through his twenty five box the box runs and then he'd get his day off on the Wednesday and then he'd produce <laughs> and roll up on the Saturday you know he was just <laughs> genius at that uh, but that's what we miss I mean I, I can't imagine um, I'm, I'm certainly pretty sure that Kev would be pretty last in them terrible Tuesdays would, would that be a fair assumption he wasn't bad he wasn't oh, really? bad you know you, you had the Flyers Ian Holloway Simon Barker David Barsley you know they Andy Impey they were all you know quick yeah. powerful runners and um and, and, and we could do that at a breeze there, there were others that, that, that struggled um, but, but you know that, that's you know the strength of, of, of your running ability but um, it, it definitely helped and it, it, it gave us uh, a strong fitness space that, that we certainly used you know, well London's top team you can't argue with it can you right since Chris is trying to hurry up because he's, he's got some washing and he's going to dry or something um, we'll do the R's end of the show then I suppose as right go on then Chris <laughs> As you've got your dry Yeah, see you then. No, um, uh, well, I mean, always, uh, there's no R's in, in, in particular. Um, I just, you know, for everybody that was booing, for everybody that was catcalling, and for all the sort of undercurrent of hatred that's running through the club, I just want to remember two things. We, we won 3-0 on Saturday and Chelsea lost. I mean, you know, it, it doesn't get much better than that, really, whichever way you look at it. And if there's a pub on each corner of Brentford, <laughs> Brentford's ground on Friday, and if we win, I shall be in each and every one of them dancing on the tables, probably... <laughs> Probably wearing less clothes in each one as I go along, so so uh, be be aware of that. We need an it's, it's not going to happen, so don't worry. It, but just in case, no, you just said it. <laughs> you just said it, Chris. That's happening. <laughs> that is happening, and we're videoing it for the podcast and put it on the website. Okay, it's happening. It's if, a deal. You, if we do that, you, if we it's win, a deal. I didn't say naked, by the way. 
Don't care, your dad's at the tables, that's going to be bad enough. Yeah. Jesus. I remember the last time I did that was when we, when we lost to Wimbledon 2 1 in the <clears throat> FA Cup sixth round, I think it was. Yeah. It took about 10,000. 12,000. Uh, I was leading the singing in some pub or another. Anyway. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> I've got a terrible mental image tonight that yeah, may stay yeah. with me for a while. Chris? Um, was, yeah, my last memory of Brentford away, I think Mark Bircham scored in the last minute. Great goal as well. So Brilliant. more of the same on Friday would be good. It's not. Doesn't seem like a good time to play in them. They've just won three on the bounce, got rid of the manager. Um, but you know, it would make beating them even better. It's quite bizarre, really. Bradley, have you got anything you'd like to add as a, as an afterthought to the podcast? Your message for QPR fans about Friday or anything like that? Well, I think you know, I, I can understand their frustrations, um, but but I just hope that um, that there is their patience moving forward. Um, you know, it's a. Uh, it's still a, a fabulous football club, and, um, and 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 one would hope that um, that it can still retain its identity. I think mm. I think that's important. Don't don't lose sight of you know the, the 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 history of the club and and some of the great players that it's had down the years. I know on on Saturday they had some of those from the uh, the seventies team, didn't they? Paraded out on the pitch, which which was a fantastic touch, and 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 all of those sort of things are, are really important. Even though that the, the the club is trying to move forward and become more modern, um, I don't think that um, that you can ever ever forget some of the times that have, have gone before. Do you know what? It's a great. I wonder what those those lads thought of Saturday when it all started going a wee bit Persia. But uh, do you know what? I always my hours end the show is two points. I always say the club don't do enough about our history, and I hammer them. Um, but well done, everyone at Rangers on Saturday to get Sheila Morrison back, to get the seventy-six lads back, to give the ground that left. Fair play, well done, absolutely wonderful, yeah. and more of the same. And um, maybe. Get the 82 cup final squad down one day. That'd be nice to, 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 have, to have them go round the ground and just. I know it's not an anniversary, just why not? You know, mm. we've had glory. Let's celebrate our glory days. It's not always about. And, and to be fair, the club have been a lot better about. Of course that. they have. I'm not uh, saying they haven't, but I'm just. Yeah. I'm just putting that idea out there. Yeah. The other thing is, right? It's Brentford, right? <laughs> to me, I once got chased by Brentford fans at King's Cross which is a bit weird and I thought it was Stoke City fans that's how much Brentford meant to me back in the day I hadn't a clue who they were and I was just why are we being chased by Stoke City fans it's like they're not the Brentford I was like oh that's awkward and I wasn't looking down on them it's just that I'd never come across that rivalry because we hadn't played them for so long um, the Bircham day they absolutely hated us after that they, they, I understand why they hated us because Gregory tried to take over their club I get it all but you know it'd be so good if everyone for one night only forget everything Get behind the team. No more of this booing. No more animosity. No more venomous. Give it to the other side for change. Let's try that reverse psychology. Let's because by doing what we're doing, sometimes we're giving the other team a hand up. Let's not give them a hand up. It's about helping our team. So for Christ's sake, back the team Friday <laughs> and not Saturday because we're playing Friday, of course. And get behind them and please, no more booing. Give everyone a chance. Patience was not just a Guns N' Roses song. It's a philosophy at QPR. Come on, you ours. The QPR Podcast is a West 12 Media and Burble Media production. The QPR Podcast is sponsored by Grant Harrod Lerman Davis, accountants and tax advisors for individuals and businesses. The Harrod in that title is Jeremy, who's a partner and mad QPR fan who goes to both home and away games. If you want expert advice and a free consultation, phone Jeremy on 01895 633 033 or go to ghld.uk.com. UPR, UPR, Richmond Rangers are.